I was asked to talk about compassion, and it seems like a perfect time. Compassion is an essential quality of human beings. It's available to us, but we don't own it. It's available to everyone. And we can develop it also. Compassion is a practice. So as I talk, please take a deep breath and feel the feelings that you feel from what we've just heard shared. And we're connected to people from Nepal to Pakistan to Bellevue and Redmond and Kirkland and other places that we aren't aware of. Our church epitomizes compassion because we are a place that serves many. Even during this pandemic, we have found ways to serve, and we're experiencing it right now. All the people that are gathered together to help us facilitate numerous activities and be with us, us with this are serving and showing compassion. The seamsters heard about masks and they were all over it immediately, so quickly that the mask kits ran out. But I've heard that there's still things that they're doing. And people in our congregation are reaching out to others that are feeling more isolated and lonely and trying to help in any way that we can, but mostly listening. Or compassion is listening. Take a breath. That's for me too. Margaret Mead, an anthropologist from the early, early 20th century, all the way up through President Roosevelt in the 40s, was instrumental in helping us understand cultures. She has come into um, disregard lately because the late 20th century people look at things differently. But I'm extending compassion to Margaret Mead's spirit because she brought us much. One time a student asked her, what is a sign of civilization in a culture? And they were expecting fish hooks or shards of pottery. But we, what she said was evidence of compassion. They found a femur bone, a thigh bone, broken and mended. And by mending, by seeing the evidence of a thigh bone mended, showed that people around the person that was injured had brought the person back to safety, had fed and taken care of her or him, and even bound up that leg. That is a sign of a civilization in a culture. And it touches my heart to think about that. Now we know that many animals show compassion, but humans have a particular way of showing compassion. And healing is one of the things that we do. And right now, all the people on the front lines are showing compassion by healing and by being in the front lines at their own risk. 
I want to define compassion because compassion sounds like kind of a squishy word. But it's very real. And there's research behind it. That makes it real, doesn't it? <laughs> compassion is kindness and attunement to others. Compassion is listening and being with. And compassion is often breathing with a person. When I'm sitting with someone dying, that's mostly what I'm doing. I'm breathing with them. There are several teachers that I have been influenced by to give me this, to help me with this talk. And I want to say their names right now so that you can hear them. And then I'll refer to them as I, as it's particularly appropriate, excuse me. But they're John Davis of the Diamond Approach, Dr. Shauna Shapiro, Kristen Neff, Dr. Rick Hansen, and Tara Barak. Most of them are mindfulness teachers or Buddhists by nature, just like our own Stephen Wilhelm, who we can join on Thursdays. The Buddha said that what we think about, that becomes the inclination of our mind. And when we begin to practice kindness and thinking about people with understanding, that becomes us. Dr. Shauna Shapiro talked about some things that are contrasting <clears throat> excuse me, to compassion. Something that interferes with compassion is self-judgment. Now, lest you begin to judge yourself for having self-judgment, all of us have self-judgment. It's our nature. But by being tuned into it, we can begin to see it and identify it and actually move out of it and be kind to ourselves. Another thing Shauna Shapiro said, that we forget our humanness. Our humanity means that we make mistakes, we're not perfect, we neglect things, we don't notice things, we don't notice a person that we really should have paid attention to. And when we forget our humanness, we go into isolation. Our egocentric self likes to think that we are the center of the world. And when we remember, ah, I'm a human, I do the wrong thing sometimes. That is compassion for ourselves. So take a breath. And feel that compassion and tenderness, another trait of compassion. Tara Brock, a particularly wonderful teacher that Elisa Sheng sent us a link to a week or so ago. And I invite you to dig it up and listen to it again if you have. Listen to it or listen to it for the first time. I'm going to use a lot of Tara Brock's work. And I've studied with her quite a bit while I've been working 
with helping people with traumas. Compassion is an essential element when we have any contact with trauma. Tara Brock use an uses an acronym which is perfect for the Northwest. It's called RAIN. And the first, it's an acronym that helps us learn to be compassionate to ourselves. The first letter, R, is standing for recognize. We recognize what's going on with ourselves and notice it. And be tender with it. Oh, I'm feeling scared, or I'm feeling angry, or I'm feeling whatever. Whatever it might be. All the feelings that we humans have. Recognizing it. And we might recognize it by a critic. A critical voice that we have saying we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't be feeling that way. We might recognize it by being inundated with feelings. Or we might recognize it by sensations in our bodies. The first thing to do when we recognize it is the second letter of RAIN, A, accept it. Accept that feeling. Now I want to illustrate it with something that happened to me just yesterday, and some of you witnessed it. I was in a class with Pat Tuton about drawing, learning to draw. And I could not make any heads or tails of my picture. Didn't look like a cup to me. And I began to feel the sensations in my body of frustration. My chest began to feel tense. And it wasn't the coronavirus. It was tension. I accepted it by speaking out. It was quite close to the end, but I said, you know, I haven't had an inch of fun in this experience. And then Pat, in her tender way, said, but Diane, you're not learning to draw, you're learning to see. And that interrupted my judge. My judge had been going. Now I have an experience with the judge here about art, and that brings us to the third letter, I. Investigate and inquire. But I want to point out that RAIN, this acronym, doesn't go all in one place. Sometimes it extends over time. And yesterday it extended over just a little bit of time because I'm quite familiar with what my experience with art is. When I was in college, my art major roommate asked me to illustrate preschool art because that was the level I was. Now, she did not mean it as a judgment. I still am in touch with her, but I took it in and I judged myself. So I knew where this was coming from. And by having Pat say that it was okay, that I was learning to see, my chest began to soften. And I will practice. I even looked for softer pencils yesterday. I want to give another example of investigate and inquire into something because that is the one that doesn't happen right away. It takes some time. 
A few days ago, Lawrence and Oki, my daughter, came home from Costco shopping trip. And my daughter, who has a sense of humor at all times, was being very funny. And I felt this seriousness. This was serious business. I had just watched that video about what to do when you bring things in. You're not supposed to bring them in. And I could not have a sense of humor. And I noticed my thickness in my body. It was tight. Once again, it's a real clue for me. I accepted it, and we went on doing what we needed to do. I didn't act out, and we just took care of the groceries, wiping them all down and leaving those that we could outside. But later, when I was with a friend, I inquired into that. And I want to give you the example of what I learned. Because many of you know that I grew up on a farm in Iowa. And farm life is painted as idyllic. And there are some lovely parts of it. But mostly it's pretty intense. It's pretty fast and hard work. And it's intermingled with crises. And one particular crisis that came to my mind when I was thinking about my reaction to my daughter was my dad came in from the, from the barn to say our farm is blowing away. And with that, he donned, donned a hat down over his forehead, a kerchief over his mouth, his shirt up to his neck, sleeves all the way long sleeve and gloves, and everything about him was covered properly including goggles, and he went out to the field. Now, farming has changed since the 50s, and you probably all know about the dust storms of the 30s. That continued here and there. And now we don't leave the land bare, so it blows away. But in the 50s, that was what was happening. And my dad went out with a disc to turn the soil so that the moist soil was on the top. And he couldn't do a whole field, so he was very methodical about how he stripped it, hoping to keep the soil down. I heard as a child, our farm is blowing away. It was a crisis. And the only thing that my mother and I did, could do, was we made sandwiches and brought them at a prearranged time and place on the headlands in the field because dad couldn't see very well out in there, out in the dust. And we brought him sandwiches. He didn't have time to come in. He got into the truck, took his filthy kerchief off, ate his sandwiches, replaced it with a clean kerchief that my mother gave him, and went back out. And we came back. Now, the coronavirus evidently has enough similarities to that crisis. And bringing in groceries made me feel very helpless, just as I had on the farm. With understanding that and investigating it, I feel so much more aware of how I am feeling and able to do the last word, nurture. I can say, oh, Diane, you're not a little girl anymore. You can know how you feel. You can talk about how you feel, which I did with Oki and Lawrence. Later, I talked about my lack of sense of humor was from this. 
and I could breathe and love myself. I could say to myself, I love and take care of you. I will take care of you, Diane, the best I can. This brings us back to the body prayer that Nancy started us with. We bring our hands to our hearts to affirm the strength that we have in our inner voice. We bring our hands to our hearts to remind us that we care and love ourselves. We can raise our hands up high, our arms up high, to open to the spirit of life, spirit of God, and gratitude for all that there is. We can reach out to the world, open to all that is, and all that we might offer it, and it offers to us. We extend our hands out in front of us to offer kindness and respect to others. Namaste. Comfort me, comfort me, comfort me, oh my soul. Comfort me, comfort me, comfort me, oh my soul. Sing, sing with me, sing with me, sing with me, oh my soul. Comfort me, oh my soul. 